0: Yeah, I don't know who uh, picked that music, but hey, let's just dial that back and start this podcast. I uh, said earlier on that I was going to make sure that we did at least two more in the year 2021, and here we go. Uh, look, look over my shoulder. Uh, I'm going to bring this microphone up. Actually, I can't because I haven't wired up the system properly. <laughs> That's my error. But for the first time, I have a guest on the big screen. That's Mr. Joshua Orchard. And actually, there you go. Two screens. Woo. There you go. Joshua's live. And the episode for episode 93 is titled, RC After Hours, Balsar, Wood or Foam Under the Tree. And why? Because Joshua is my resident expert on all things wood. That <laughs> just sounded wrong, but hey, anyway, we're off to a roll. It's a, it's a good way to start the show. Actually, I'm going to make a quick tweak to my settings because I'm hearing my echo, which is rather disconcerting. So, ah, what am I doing here? I'm messing with stuff. And, yeah, there we go. Much better. I don't have to listen to myself echoing. Um, I was probably testing all the stuff. Actually, I was. So, for everybody who was uh, listening to the last podcast, I was very dissatisfied with the audio for obvious reasons using the shotgun overhead. So, I've actually uh, you know, figured out how to make that Blue Yeti work. And the audio should be that much better. Uh, <laughs> yep. Someone got the joke already. <laughs> so... Here we go. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I wanted to get in another show and then the last one at the end of the year is going to be, uh, everybody talking about, uh, you know, the year that 2021 was and all the ups and downs and overs and unders and everything, um, in the show notes uh, and on the RC After Hours Facebook and social media is the link for the poll. So if you want to get in there and dump in your your uh, thoughts on the uh, top aircraft and top items throughout the year, by all means, please do get in there and we'll uh, and we'll go from there and have a little fun with uh, everything. I'm just making sure I've shut off a few things. There we go, Joshua. Well, let's hear some words from you, like hello and everything, so I can make sure I get the levels up and recording. Because you know, sure. it's been a while since I've had a, a a guest over Skype.
1: Well, I'm happy to be your guinea pig.
0: <laughs> and you sound good. It yeah. works. Yay! Okay, oh, good. good. I'm yeah. glad to
1: hear it. I mean, I've been I've been doing pretty good. You know, just kicking away one airplane at a time in my shop. Just trying to do the best I can to. Uh, do some new creative stuff and uh, maybe get a little bit back to my foam roots. Uh, it's been it's been an interesting journey going back to that. And there are various reasons why, but uh, to say the least, it's just it's fun. I like foam. I'm 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 no disrespecter of, of media. So uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been great fun. So I've I've got a whole basement full of, of balsa dust and foam dust and it's <laughs> filthy and it's the holidays so you know it's, it's helping me feel cozy it's almost like having a hot cup of cocoa in my hand
0: <laughs> oh, i can't do that right now no i'm i'll stick to my water <laughs> thanks um you bring up a really good point and that's something i i i haven't um i haven't done or i i i really uh I noticed it when I was doing some sanding and everything. My environment is too uh, too cozy, too good, too – too. it's a real basement, right? And I work over on yeah. just like 10 feet away from my, my at-home working and everything. So I've been really leery about getting too messy. It's bad enough when you get all the globs of hot glue into the carpet and everything, <laughs> right? So when you start talking about dust uh, from, from balsa, I kind of go, wow, yeah, this is where you want that – that dedicated workspace with a good engineered uh, um, ventilation, for one, and and, and some yeah. method to suck in that stuff. Um, actually, uh, Nathan Knight, I think, uh, put in a really slick ventilation thing, and it's actually paid dividends because he also does laser cutting, so he's able to actually filter out a lot more, you know, and no fumes get drawn into the house either. He's got a really nice external workspace from what I've seen, but yeah. You know, you bring up a very prevalent, a relative important thing, and like, do you have a really good shot back or a really good system in place to get rid of some of that sawdust? Uh, routine cleaning. Yeah. <laughs>
1: routine cleaning. <laughs> uh, well, you know me. I'm I'm a pretty fastidious person to begin with, and and usually the way I operate is. Uh, you know, between project, I'll do one project and I'll finish it, and then I'll move on to the next project. And in between projects, I'm cleaning up the shop. Um, I think it's really important to have you know a blank slate as you get started. Um, obviously, tools and things get put away along the way, but you know, I don't do deep cleaning as I go. You know, when when you build stuff with foam, you you tend to make lots of big chunks of things. Whereas with balsa, you're you're going slower because if you mess up. It's a little more—I um, uh, don't want to say swearing involved—but it is costly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the the dust particulates do add up. So regular vacuuming, um, and obviously there's there's dangers too, like if you're drilling out some pieces of metal. Um, like uh, I created some brass straps for my foam model uh, to hold music wired together and things like that but you know the the brass shavings they can be splinters and slivers and things so it's important to clean those up uh whether it's from your hands or you know sometimes i'm down here in slippers or sometimes i shoot down into the shop real quick to check on a 3d print at night um just to make sure that it's not going to be a ball of spaghetti in the morning (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so if i'm down here without slippers on i want to make sure that i'm not getting uh any any metal shavings or anything in my feet. So, yeah, routine vacuuming. Um, and uh, best thing I can tell you is invest in uh, a proper mask. Uh, mm. it, it it does help in terms of breathing a lot of the things in. Um, I, I could go on a big tangent about what's happened to me with, uh, with my Mustang build, and there's some other evolutions of that. But yeah, I just, regular cleaning, you know, yeah. it, it's like ordering new parts. You just got to do it. Um,
0: well, speaking of that, actually, I know people have different kind of ventilation systems throughout the house. So do you run into an yeah. issue when you're using your glues and, and some of the solvents and stuff like that, where, where that's impacting the rest of the house?
1: Um, every once in a while. Yeah. Um, like when I'm, when I'm using a heavy solvent, um. So anymore, so my, my new home, it's really convenient because I'm in the basement and I have a walkout basement. So if you Sweet. need to paint anything, I just shoot outside real quick, paint it, and then bring it in. If I'm painting too much, then as I bring the part inside to let it cure, like in the wintertime, then yeah, some of the, some of the smell can circulate throughout the house. But there's no intake duct in the basement, so it takes a little while for that to happen. Good. haven't had any epoxy complaints from my wife and she's, she's got a super sniffer. So, um, the, that I gotta, I gotta be careful with that. Um, cause she
0: hates the smell
1: of epoxy. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I, I mean, I had a buddy and he, um, he had a bad uh he had a bad uh hot end on his 3D printer and his wife always uh. complained was smelling like brown uh burnt what do you call it? burnt brown sugar which I said well that makes sense yeah. cuz PLA right and uh, yep. so he he couldn't run the printer in the house and when then he discovered what the problem was but uh yeah and, and you mentioned 3D printing and I laughed I this week alone I fired up my my um my sapphire for the first time in months and I'm like typical winter andre like as soon as winter kicks in and really you know we're baked in with some good snow now the 3d printer work comes to life because while i'm like well i'm around right and i can run the thing and 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 go and so i've been printing off parts for the uh the zod uh, dart and did a mount for for one of my apple tvs and just like wow all of a sudden 3d printing again out of nowhere right and that was
1: yeah and you know. I, I I changed my 3d printer up recently uh, I changed I've got an Ender 3 pro and I changed it to a uh, uh, direct drive for the extruder yeah. and I, I'm, I'm playing around playing with uh, uh, um, TPU. Yes. Making all sorts of squishy bits like I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to print my own tires and things for models yeah. and and it's just something to play with um, you know with the with that particular filament you have to print at a much slower rate so it's important to check on the print from time to time because something that's seemingly small does take a significantly longer amount of time to print yeah
0: um... You bring up a you bring up a good point actually, and it's funny because I've been using the uh, when I've done TPU, I've used my old A8, and I've just yeah you know, figured out the settings, and I just I let it go. Have you gotten into doing any webcam stuff where you can monitor it remotely? I've done I've done that plenty of times, and you know you can use the uh, the YouTube uh, setup just just to, so I can just check with my phone, but. The nothing beats coming down or doing that visual inspection obviously and I think we've we've seen enough reasons why um, I almost well I mean I, I, I have you know fire alarms or fire smoke detectors like in multiple places yeah. in the basement and I treat the, the 3D printer up there with how I treat my lipos as far as you know monitoring and checking and just going over it because yeah like you said you don't know what's going to happen one time yeah. to any other issues so uh, we, we've yeah. seen it so I've
1: sort of looked into the whole webcam thing. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm one of those people that's like, eh, it's technology. It's just one more thing to complicate my life. Um, but obviously, you know, I 3D print. So it's like, well, I enjoy technology. It does good things for me. So why am I not doing this? But, you know, it, it's, it's one of those rabbit hole things. You know, obviously, you know that the 3D printing world is a rabbit hole in and of itself. So it's like just <laughs> one more thing, right? It's just one more thing. Um, I'm, I'm perfectly happy coming down uh, to check on the 3D print. It's a, In the wintertime, it is cold in the basement. It's uh, it's around 17 degrees C in here. Um, yeah. yeah, that's brisk. So, uh, honestly, for you people in America where I live, I don't know what that is at Fahrenheit. I don't keep track of that. I, I'm a scientist. I live in I live in the world of, of scientific numbers. So <laughs> uh, the the 3D printer tells me pretty much what temperature it is down here. When I go yeah. to the printer tells me what yeah. temperature it is. I,
0: like. I remember... I remember when I was doing some of those 3D pr- uh, lab planes and I um, I was running into an issue where the temperature, the ambient temperature, even yeah. though I was printing PLA, the ambient temperature in the house, in the basement was dropping to the point that I started just doing foam board all around the enclosure just because yeah. the temperature was causing some some issues where, you know, and just enough, like we're probably talking just a couple of degrees, but it's like, oh, well, here's a fixed foam board. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no i've got a i've got a home depot box that i just put over top nice Uh, nice i mean i know it's cardboard and it's a fire hazard but until i find like a real piece of furniture to enclose the whole printer that's like you know tall enough uh, i know there's lots of tutorials out there on how to do that using like ikea furniture but that ikea furniture is no longer available so (laughs) yeah um, you know, I'm I'm looking for for alternatives just because obviously I want to be safe. But you know, we do have smoke alarms in the basement. We do have yep. carbon monoxide things. We have sprinklers throughout the whole house. So oh, I'm nice. not entirely worried about burning down my whole house.
0: Only part but, of it. there you go. <laughs> but okay, so so on the, on the subject. So this is probably something that's. I mean, we've been we've been three been printing for a couple of years now. But have. Yeah has it really become uh I, i'm i'm a terrible designer like i i've done a couple things but has it become uh, that like i know we've played with making the entire airplane and i've got enough documentation on what happens in the cold <laughs> and what happens in the heat to go yeah <laughs> yes, <you do. laughs> let's 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 so so i guess the point there is is this more of a building element versus your entire construction medium
1: i th- I think there's enough merit in the hobby at this point to go both ways. We've seen airplanes that have come out now that are absolutely phenomenal and you know it's in various different types of filament too. We're seeing PLA and ABS full printed airplanes now. And I think it's phenomenal. We've got the lightweight PLA. There's lots yes. of different techniques going that it really is the sky you know, that's our limit at this point in terms of what we can dream up and do. Uh, you know, I'm seeing uh, Horton flying wings, uh, it, it just all of this great stuff. I think it's phenomenal. But at the end of the day, for me, I can quickly go into Fusion, draw two cylinders and have a centering ring for a propeller that I can't seem to find in my toolbox. And then seven minutes later, I have it. You know, that, that to me is the value of my 3D printer yeah. where you know you've used up something and you can just quickly get what you need in order to keep going rather than oh geez how am i going to do that i got to go to the hobby shop or oh i got to order this or i got to do that it's just it's a it's to me i have always seen the 3d printer as an accessory to help me build
0: yeah so Uh, like
1: like i said i think i could go both ways entirely
0: yeah, and and for people that are having issues accessing the material, like uh, at some point it's easy. It's you know we I've run the numbers before, and I think we've had the conversation where it's like, depending on where you are in the world, maybe it is cheaper to access filament uh, for your three D printer and go that route as far as your building versus trying to find uh, you know Dollar Tree foam board or dense insulation foam or you know raw material for building you know, a, a Balsa yep. aircraft, right? It's, uh, so, yep. you know, or you do a mix. Um, I'm kind of fascinated with the light PLA if if we're going to get to a point where, you know, instead of Balsa, we have, you know, ribs and everything that are 3D printed, Pen. you know, if, as long as the aircraft in your print bed can actually support doing that size, Right yeah so it's, uh... yeah
1: i think that's the limitation is the size of your machine and and really again coming down to what you can conceptualize and have having the option to think more in the 3d space i think we're coming into our own even now uh, i've i've seen people do this stuff where they're fully 3d printing ribs and doing a more traditional model where they've got you know wood stringers but you know 3d printed ribs that's really cool. Yeah, um, I, I I'm I'm excited to to see more of these kind of composite builds where the 3D build the 3D printer is used part of that build. It's going to be cool.
0: Uh- I think so. I mean, and just, just don't put a rubber band in it and leave it in your car when it's like 35 <laughs> degrees Celsius outside, right? Because stuff goes I'm so wrong. glad you can laugh at yourself about that still. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, and then like the other one lasted all of. And I still have the giant Spitfire. And I, I, I've said it before. My hang-up is the the parts to make this beautiful looking airplane actually, you know, come to life, I'm terrified of like blowing up a motor, destroying a motor, a battery, landing gear, receivers and all this stuff because I don't I don't trust the design not that I don't trust the design. I don't trust the material ultimately. Like uh it's so it's ooh, you know. Yeah it's a, it's Yeah, a... I, I I understand that.
1: Um But y you, you know there's I, I think what you' what your experience as well is is what i experience all the time as a scratch builder <laughs> you know when when you're when you're building an airplane that weighs 10 pounds okay or 11 pounds 11 pounds and it has an 82 inch wingspan and the whole thing is made out of dollar store foam is it going to rip itself apart <laughs> Is it gonna crash? You know, there's there's apprehension on a first flight of every model, uh, regardless of what medium you build it out of, uh, and, and there's even to a certain extent there's even that that little anticipation of a maiden flight on an ARF, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's balsa or foam or, or or plug and play or whatever. It's, that's always going to be one of those gut feelings that you get, uh, even though that a company says, oh well, it's going to fly great. You know, so, sometimes we have ca- counterintuitive experiences with that, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: I, 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 I've been through a couple, and then there have been a couple, like, you know, dumb thumb errors on my part where you're like, oh, right? Right, um, right. right. but my last couple, well, yeah, they've been okay, uh, you know, but I haven't it's funny because I've got a couple of really nice foam board kits that I really want to get in and build. I just haven't been able to give myself the time. And I think that's, that's funny. We were having a discussion a while ago and, and, and someone else had popped into my mind, to my ear saying, you know, or in, in the chat with me one day saying some people are builders and others are assemblers. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. I'm an assembler. I can build foam board and I've built a couple interesting things that you know the principle worked they flew they they look fantastic they flew the a minimum of scale but whatever right but I struggle, and I—it's funny because the wings. I struggle with the uh, the laminant process, and and my beautiful biplane back there. It's half covered, and it, for whatever reason, it's the darn covering process. It just hangs me up every <laughs> time, because it's like and, you're and, looking at it, going, "Okay, this sheet, da 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 da. Okay, I can I can visualize it, and in my mind." I just see dollar signs as I'm like if I screw this up that's like $30 in material that's possibly going to be just thrown yeah. out and that's hard that is the hard part in the hobby I I, think.
1: I agree I agree and and coming coming from you that that I I oh, my heart goes out to you because I am not the greatest person at using covering film I struggle with covering film notice how a lot of my airplanes don't use covering film. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather completely skin an airplane with balsa or foam and fiberglass it than use covering film because that's how much I don't like it because I'm terrible at it well, um, and then you can but it's like anything it, right? else. it requires practice yeah, yeah it's supposed to get easier as you do it <laughs> But you know, I, yeah. I, I, how many years have I been trying to do it, and I am not great at it.
0: <laughs> and, I, and I watch, I watch videos of guys on YouTube, and like, yeah, and I'm like, see, it doesn't happen like yeah, that for it me. Loose. No, yeah. Well,
1: it's it's like when I when I was doing the the aluminum covered P47, and being able to stretch a single flat sheet of aluminum over top of certain pieces was really hard. Like little tiny areas that took me like half an hour to stretch the aluminum over when I'm working with covering film, I just don't have that patience. (laughs) I'm like, this should be easy. It should go quick. Right. (laughs) Shoots. It shoots back into my face every time, every time I use covering film.
0: And it's, it's one of those things where I know I need to do it. And I just, I think I need to just, I'm going to try and I've done one wing. It looks okay. I mean, it's it's definitely gonna be a fifty foot plane. I've said that before. Um, I think I, I'm gonna have to do. I should do. I should do the next wing and then come back to the view, do do the tail sections and all this stuff. And I was even thinking, like, I've got enough covering or color. I bought a second roll, but I'm like, ooh, maybe another cover. But there's just it was originally done with a fabric, and I know why they did it with the fabric because I think it held a but I think it bit. Um, into the wood a lot better than 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 the uh, the monocoat does or whatever it is the ultra coat that's what I picked for that one right but whatever. Right, now are I
1: mean, you I'll... getting your iron hot enough
0: oh, I think I will <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, okay I... just
1: just ask just because sometimes like I'll, thats I'll go the difference to covering on and I'm like oh yeah I really should do several test pieces to make sure that this particular film because it's like it's like 3d printer filament if it's a different color even though it's the same brand if it's a different color sometimes it requires a
0: different temperature yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that, that makes sense, and and I just I've got to get over those hangovers, that, uh, hang ups. Sorry, hangovers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hang ups. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but uh, I just uh, and and just got to attack it. Uh, I think that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, um, and just get on with it, and then see if this thing is gonna fly. My my suspicion is it'll be just fine. It'll be a beautiful airplane, and I'm gonna love it because I finally have a decent transport vehicle that I can put it into, and and then there's a whole litany of other airplanes that Andre hasn't flown. Do you have that problem, Joshua, where my wife was like, she was down here the other night and she's like, have you flown this one? Have you flown this one? Have you flown this one? Have you? And I'm like, no, she's, you didn't fly your, your last two Christmas gifts have you? And I'm like, no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a great question. A funny question. And my, my wife doesn't, she doesn't ask. It is a loaded question, for sure. Uh, my wife doesn't ask me about my airplane. She's just like, another one? <laughs> really? You <laughs> <laughs> need another one? Like, okay, yeah. Like recently I came home from a club meeting, and someone was like, hey, I got this plane, and I don't want it anymore. Do you know anybody who needs it? And I was like, will <laughs> he pick me? Pick me (laughs) because it was so. It's a SIG cadet senior, yeah. It's a trainer, okay, a high wing trainer, and they're so fun, they're so fun, and and I haven't had a trainer for a couple of years since the plane eating tree at my flying field ate my airplane. And I have been wanting one, but like wanting the right one. And this is an 80 inch wingspan trainer. And it's like, Ooh, this will be so much fun. I can do so much. So I'm like planning all of these things that I want to do with this trainer. But at the same time I came home from that club meeting with this box and my wife's like, another one. (laughs) (laughs) So that 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 is not as much of a pr- a problem for me. Uh, uh, I do have an internal problem of, you know, I haven't flown that airplane in a really long time. I should fly it, and then I just don't. Um, one that comes to mind is the Top Flight Corsair that I built several years ago with all the moving things. Yeah, I just I haven't flown it in like two years. No particular reason. Uh, for a while. I there was something on it that needed to be repaired. I repaired it, and I still haven't. I didn't fly it all season; just never felt like it. So uh, I'm, it's I'm hard there sometimes. With the jets. I, yeah, yeah. I, you know the the jet thing. I don't. I don't understand your fascination with the jets. I'm the prop guy, so uh.
0: <laughs> you got to haveoo, man. You got to fly that thing more than. Um... Yeah, I Uh,
1: I take it out to the field every once in a while.
0: It's funny because I was doing really good. And, you know, my wife, lover to pieces, and she's got the little, for every airplane that comes in, two or three have to go out. And I was actually on it. The guys were loving it because I was selling off a few of them. A few broke my heart, but that's just like, okay, it's time. And then we had my friend's estates. And a ton of planes came home and, like, they're all big. I got my Commander back, and then I got that huge Carbon Z Cub. Gorgeous airplane. I can't wait to go flying with it. Yeah. But again, I haven't even flown it. It's been here since September, right? And I'm like, oh, after yeah. that last winter flight, I'm like, that plane's going to wait till spring because I don't want to be putting together airplanes, you know, in the cold because I'm like, <laughs> you know, my poor little fingers, right? So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's, it, it is a problem, and it's like, and then, you know, she's, like, going on the jets, and other guys are on the jets, and, like, oh, when are you going to get this one? I'm, like, and then we, uh, you know, I'm, like, it'll come in time. Um, Martin Martin goes, I remember the exploding of 16 I'm, like, yeah, no more gray yep. jets for Andre. Uh, underpowered gray <laughs> jets. We'll clarify. Um, uh, but we also come back to the fact that the hobby is getting – progressively more expensive and yeah i don't know about you um i see friends in the u.s still manage to get some really sweet spot swap meet deals but it feels like those are becoming harder and harder so i've suddenly decided that like you know when when, when one of my buddies is like hey i'll uh I'll, I'll buy that f fms uh you know p51 off you for well, i don't know 250 bucks i'm like I can't buy an E-Flight T-28 for that price right now. So it's like, yeah, I think I'm going to hold on to that baby until I have really either have flown it to pieces and or just need the space. Because it's like, I can't get something that size anymore for a decent budget anymore. And it's like, even if I'm out of the Warbird yeah. phase for a little while, because it's winter, um, you know, it's like, mm, do I want to sell these things Yeah. Now? So
1: yeah i i kind of saw this coming a couple of years ago when we started seeing like the e-flight airplanes that came with retracks and flaps and lights and i was like okay well one more thing and one more thing and one more thing well these airplanes are going to get to the point where they're so expensive that it's going to be more expensive than buying one of the balsa arps and we're basically to that point um you, you know to be fair, these are really amazing airplanes that have some really cool details, like the uh, E Focke-Wulf 190. Beautiful airplane, mm-hmm. really, really nice details. Wonderful performing airplane. Uh, really expensive. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I I I don't think I would ever buy it just because I'm am I'm more of a builder than than a foamy purchaser um but again it's 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 a beautiful airplane if you if that's the model that you're after that would be like you know homing in on that um but at the same time getting all of the parts for me to build it's i'm in the same boat i mean i'm i'm accumulating parts for this build uh, forced upon me by carl and patrick my good buddies god love them um but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on almost two thousand dollars in just parts for this airplane, and it's it's getting ridiculous,
0: just absolutely ridiculous. I, I, there better be a camera on you when uh, when that thing goes up because I want to see you. I want to see your face. <laughs> When you put that thing, through well, I'll the tell air. you what.
1: I'll probably be wearing a diaper though. So. Yeah,
0: and then and then and then I mean we're gonna need like a full live stream multi camera 4K thing when Carl <laughs> and his B17 go flying. Oh I don't yeah, know. I Absolutely. remember all. I remember Carl and his P40 uh, antics, and I'm not sure about the P 17 <laughs> Oh man, I swear.
1: yeah, I think I think he's gonna need a really big runway for that. I'm not sure where he's going to fly it for the first time. I have a suspicion that he'll probably take it out to, uh, to be with family when he does fly it for the first time. Yeah. Um, uh he's from he's from the Midwest area and they've got plenty of nice big fields out there. But mm, no um, posts.
0: No no yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's gonna know. be oh. <laughs> no posts. It's still it's still gonna be an amazing one. Uh Paul puts uh, uh puts a point in there and he says to they're 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 already started pricing themselves out of business. I um We talked about this in the last podcast and, and someone said, you know, and I made the point that there's, there's definitely, there is definitely a, you know, unless you're getting into some really big, amazing, uh, you know, gas powered stuff in the electric realms. Yeah, there is, particularly for foam, uh, there's a limit, there's a financial limit and things like the, the, um, the Draco and everything are, are just, They're just, they've just gone over that top. There was that, you know, and it's like real estate. And are we normalizing how much this stuff costs? And uh, I'm like, I want to go enjoy my hobby. I don't want to be terrified that that airplane could go bye-bye. But we know, we know it happens Mm -hmm. in everybody's careers or flying career, I guess. And and I look at
1: my basement full of expiration dates, you know, every (laughs) single last one of these airplanes that I've built meticulously over hundreds of hours they all have an expiration date yeah and that's part of what what terrifies me about flying some of them but at the same time i i stand by my position if you're gonna have a ferrari drive it um <laughs> some people
0: i have my triumph really have <laughs> fun
1: with yeah triumph right <laughs> but uh you know you can have a lot of fun and a less expensive sports car. Right. Um, But you can also have a lot of fun doing off-roading in a cheap international. Right. Yeah. That's just, that's the cool thing about our hobby is that there are so many different fun aspects to it. Yeah. I just, I struggle, I struggle with the, the entry fee that sometimes is presented to us. I'm like, that's, it's a little steep. So yeah, and
0: it's and I and I and I, and I touched on that in the last show. We were there was a little bit of banter going back in the chat, and it was, it was. I remember like you could get in, and it's always that. Leg, it's always that. You know, do you buy the lesser remote and upgrade later on? You know, and yeah. and so on and so on. And I mean, I miss the old days where we could get a with a we could get a. Um, a really nice, you know... You get battery packs and stuff like that. So the hobby has changed. I mean, there are still some stuff... There are still decent options. And it's... Where do you want to go? Do you want to go with the off-the-shelf option? Do you want to build something? You know, vis-a-vis what we used to do in the old days. And, and a, a couple other things through life. And, and just, you know, we're... There's so many options. But yes it has gotten to a point where it is a lot more in the last, what, it's would say five years. We've really seen that price point change. I think like when, when the battery technology got harder to get and everything, I think that's where we started seeing some trickling. And obviously now things are costing more and more to get a good, decent remote. And the remote's the, the the various brands like I I didn't touch Spectrum until you know I could get a radio used from from a buddy because it was expensive now I have multiples of yeah. Spectrum I mean and I've also I'm pushed the hobby uh, I like you I've started off and I've gone up and things and I'm pushing stuff back down I am really trying to claw back because that personal satisfaction is it shouldn't be tied to a price right and and i've just reached a point right. where I've, I've i'm having fun in the hobby and actually i'm making a huge effort to pull the hobby back into my life and not let some of the stress ruin that and but it's <laughs> right? still it's still like you're sitting here going wow you know and it, it, you're right it does feel unapproachable at times and it does feel a little ah uh, uh, I don't want to use the word hoarding but holy smokes, right? <laughs> you know? No, like... no,
1: I think I think hoarding is a is actually a pretty accurate term for a lot of people. Uh, you know, we 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 work really hard for the things that we obtain, right? And and with this hobby, you know that you're going to lose things because of whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh um, It's it's different when it's a pile of foam board, right? It it really is different. But uh, there is there is something when you when you go out there and experience something special. Um, and, and I say this every time I bring bring up the P-47, but it is a flying disco ball. And when I fly the P-47, every flight to me is special because of the way that airplane looks, it just sparkles. And it is such a reward for me. And I hope that I never lose that airplane because I love flying it every single time but at the same time it terrifies me beyond all reason um and i i think that it's a healthy way to approach the hobby to be cautious but yeah you know i i still have kids i still have debts uh, i'm still paying off school loans you know i don't have completely indisposable income um But I I like to preserve the nice things that I have that I have gotten to over the years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny because uh, I I'll fly my uh, foam board planes. A whole lot different than i'll fly some of my really nice ones and then there are a couple of oh, EDF jets over there that i'm really like okay you know i remember the first time i skipped the poor uh flex jet across the the, the, the pavement shoot the wheel <laughs> off there was i don't think i ever published a video but i let out a, a cry and i was like yeah because at the time that was my most expensive airplane i'd ever bought and then you know it's you know things are moved on but yeah and I think we i think we drift through this hobby in very different times and patterns, and then I really do think it's it's there's peaks and valleys, so we'll get a little crazy and then we'll yeah. read it in and then we'll get a little crazy again um on the screen, yeah. I have the hangar nine fun scale p forty seven thunderbolt plug and play now I know you're an arf guy and everything, but is this something that you would ever consider? pulling into your fleet as a, uh, I don't know, supplementary P-47, you know, so your dazzling disco ball is nice and safe and protected for a while, (laughs) or, you know, or the inclement weather flying, you know, like, I I don't know how terrible your winter is, right? But was this something, you know, if you were looking for it, like, we're starting, are we starting to, I mean, the price-wise too, man, 500 bucks, I mean...
1: That's yeah, right so, on that. I mean, that's
0: right on that uh mark, right?
1: Yeah, but but it's plug and play. That's the thing. It comes with all the electronics already. If you go to the hangar 920 CCP47 that I put together, that is $300 just for the airplane. Yeah. Now once you get all the electric retracts and the motor and the speed controller and all the servos stock, you're looking at a $1400 airplane. And that's that airplane came out what three, four years ago.
0: Well, can you get and it though? You,
1: you look. I I know I know, but but like this airplane, it's a sport scale model. Okay, it's yeah. a, it's not designed to be scale. It's designed to be fun. And that's the cool thing about sports scale miles is that they're designed to be bashed around and just sort of have that essential look. It's not necessarily designed to be like the full scale experience, right? So you can have fun with it. And I have have always been a a huge proponent of having a, quote, beater warbird, something you can just throw around the sky. I had one. I crashed it. uh, I had the Hangar 9. Uh, Corsair that I got secondhand, and I flew it around had, it had a tumble the spar cracked and I just I didn't trust the wing anymore so it went into the bin I didn't want to try to sell it to anybody because mm. I didn't want them to have an unsafe experience the responsible thing to do was to move on that being said I moved on to the Hangar 9 uh, uh, Hellcat which again it's more of a sport scale model right it doesn't have the airfoil empennage tail planes, right? It's just flat balsa. It works. It flies phenomenally well. It's very responsive. It gives a nice scale appearance in the air. And with any of these balsa airplanes, there's so much you can add to it if you really want to get into those weeds. I've shown that on the the larger P-47. If you really want to dress it up, it's not like you're putting lipstick on a pig. You really can do it if you take the time. You can make it a builder's airplane.
0: Nice. Nice. So, but are these, would you consider these more gateway? Like these, these you know, fun scales, some of the more recent plug and plays? Yeah. yeah like I guess that's... Can... that's... It's kind of like in the same vein of what we've got out of OMP with these ones, you know, like for people. And this is right. when I flew this thing and ended the videos. And ironically enough, I didn't even get to fly these things over the summer. So they're going to be doing more winter flying. Go figure. <laughs> i mean, Canada. I'm in snow right, land right. for six months a year. But I still come back with um, the comments saying, if you're curious about balsa, this is a fantastic way to get your... Your 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 teeth wet, you know, just to try it, you know, cut your teeth on something. Because I had a whoops, and I had to do a little, you know, fab work and everything, and then I cracked some Mm -hmm. some wood up here, so I had to go in and actually say, okay, how do I repair this, right? And it's so it's it's not, you know, okay, you can use hot glue a little bit, but it's not like a foam board airplane where you can just keep sticking patches. You actually have to think about this and be a little bit more meticulous.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can certainly take that approach, but you can also take the uh, uh, how. What's the so my 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 club has lots of you know sayings. Uh, the bumper sticker approach. Okay,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you have an air you have a car, right? And it gets a little bit of rust on it. Oh, you just throw a bumper sticker on it. Nobody'll know, right? So yeah. you have these boss airplanes, and you have a little ding. And you go. You you have to usually peel back some of the uh, the covering in order to do the repair. Just buy a roll of covering. Doesn't matter what color. Just have a roll of covering on hand. You can go to a swap meet and pick up partial rolls. It doesn't really matter. And that way you can just have it on hand. You do your little repair with CA glue, little scraps of balsa, even foam. Okay, I flew a, a Great Plains escapade into corn. Okay, we had corn growing at the field, and I had a botched takeoff. I had a, I had a radio issue, um, and uh, the airplane went into into the corn. So I had the leading edge that was damaged. Well, rather than like piece together little pieces of balsa and recover it, I oh, know no 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 no, cut a big chunk of foam and stick it right in that bay between the two ribs, and then I used a file and sandpaper and shaped that leading edge. And then I just wrapped some some covering over top of it. Couldn't tell. Could not tell. Flew great. Nice. Yep. So again, it's the it's that bumper sticker, bumper sticker approach that it it works every time. And like the Bighorn and the OMP Challenger. Oh my gosh, my favorite air. Like if 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 I could go to the to the field and fly an air one airplane throughout the entire year. The Challenger would be it. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. And I just and, uh, put skis on mine, and it's ready. It is ready yeah.
0: for snow. <laughs> it did so well. Now, I uh, I don't even think I released the video when I when I when I mucked up the the Bighorn. And what I discovered was I I'd copied over settings um, from the uh, the Fun Cub old settings, uh, like old before. Like, I really didn't know what I discovered. I had done is I'd put did a two second It have coordinated se- turns. It had no, 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 this is even funnier. <laughs> I put in the 2 second delay, right? Right? I did oh, it in no. the flaps, but I also did it okay. in the elevator. Right? Okay. Are you following what happens when you do yeah. that in the radio, particularly on an FR Sky? Uh-huh. The elevator's response was delayed by two seconds in each seconds. direction. So as I'm saying up elevator, the plane <laughs> is like, okay, right? And so I'm flying this thing. I dump the flaps and I'm like, what's it doing? And the poor thing just fell out of the air because I couldn't So you're basically
1: it flying the airplane with the trim button.
0: <laughs> basically, yes. And I was just like, and I, I'm, 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 I come over to the plane and I'm, I'm baffled. I'm legitimately baffled. And then I realized afterwards when I was sat down with the road, looked at it, but I'm like, okay, yeah. so, so damage wise, like I said, I did a little carnage at the top. Everything else is fine, but I cracked the, 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 detail piece on the wing. So, you know, what I do is I go and I I think it's a water bottle. It might be in a Coke bottle. It might've been in part of a Coke bottle taped it on heated it up the only thing is they scuffed and they painted on the inside of the of their plastic and i didn't have a matching right. blue and and i'm like well yeah like you said some tape and it's fine anyhow you can't tell the difference and if i just put some tape over it off we go you know from 10 yep. feet up in the air you won't see it but you're right these yep. these omp planes the challenger my red challenger i love flying them in the winter and they're going to get more air time because they need it and they deserve it and it's it's a different experience i actually want to take these out to the club where i fly whenever i get out um and really open these things up and just see what they can do because yeah. rather than being in the contained spot there's nothing wrong with where i park fly it's fun it's yeah. good it's a lot of room actually and like when i was flying the weekend there was no one there but i do want to try a yeah. bigger space because you know i remember with my tundra i'm like wow i'm far out and it's like i'm running on of battery because <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> Oh you no! Know, like
1: the guys at my club, whenever I bring the Challenger out, they're like, "Gonna fly it like you hate it again, right?" <laughs> it's, it's such a great, great it airplane. It is.
0: It's, it's and, for two hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and like when you're sitting there and like the um, pull this thing up here, bang, the ultra stick. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the ultra yeah the ultra stick. PNP 60 inch again 550 us dollars um really fantastic particularly if you like everything that that airplane stands for and i think it's a great plane that's 60 inches and everything but again you got to drop in a receiver so yeah you know pick your picker your. but then access some people can't get you know supplies from certain spots and and, and i guess you know if you if you if if you know, this is what works for you, but yeah, five hundred fifty dollars well, for, for for that. But there's, yeah,
1: but there's also the point that some people bring up, and I I appreciate it because I I share the same perspective. So these new these new plug and plays that uh, Horizon's coming out with, I think they're a great option for people, especially people who don't like building. Yeah. uh, it, the problem that I have in trying to purchase it is, it comes with all of this tech that I cannot—not that I will not, but that I cannot use, like yeah. all of their telemetry stuff, like yes. their, their telemetry uh, ESC. I can't use that stuff. I fly FR Sky,
0: yeah. so
1: even though you're supposed to provide your own receiver,
0: you're not getting. I provide my wallet. own receiver, yeah. but
1: like I'm paying. For technology that I can't use yeah and so to me it feels a little even more inflated and that makes it a little bit more hard for me to purchase see what I'm saying
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm where this where where the challenger just walks off and goes I think we lost your audio Joshua hold on here are you still there oh no yeah I'm okay. Here. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay okay <laughs> We're all well, good. RC ah.
1: says uh put out a model called the super hots now, that is a cool airplane that is a cool airplane. I remember that one
0: I am not going to google that while we're live on air okay
1: <laughs> okay go back and 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 google it later and everybody yeah. listening in you should go you should Pull your car over to the side of the road and Google that. <laughs> don't do it while you're driving.
0: Yeah, no, no. I just I, I'm I'm worried about what's going to come up. I don't need my browser going crazy. It's a good <laughs> right, joke, right? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, I love the idea, but have the same issues with FR Sky. Yeah. So there is no perfect solution. I it's funny because I at work the other day. I had this great debate with a colleague who was like, you know, pro. Android PC and all this stuff and he was making funny. I said, "Look, I don't care what you use, but early on and this goes back to my hobby thing, I picked an ecosystem because I knew, look, I can't afford to have one of every radio like I do right now. I've been super fortunate, super lucky, I mean, but yeah. I I made the point and like I started off with those turnigy radios which were good enough. Until I got yeah, into good FPV. Enough. Good enough until I got into yeah. FPV and I couldn't figure out why my airplanes were dropping out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> right? Whoops. But and, and, and then I stepped into the FR Sky and I love the FR Sky environment because I love the open tier. I haven't even touched any other new. I'm still rocking the Tyrannus. I even have a spare, my first one. And then... Um, Paul put out the fact that, you know, with with all the new generation NX radios coming out from Spectrum, yeah, I, I I have a DX9 and I love that radio. I don't legitimately have a reason to jump to it. I do get some telemetry through it, as I learned with my new UMX uh, A10, as it was screaming at me because my batteries aren't right. But I guess it's one of those things where you're right in the sense that this airplane checks the box for someone who's in the horizon world because that's what works for them right and and it's yeah we we can't even we can't even say no this is terrible because this works for people this works for a lot of people and then we you know we've gone down another route and another avenue because that's what interests us that's what gets our gears going like just diving in and i still i still i mean yes i have uh, I, I have my spectrum radio, and like you, I've run FR. I don't run FR Sky in any of my wet airplanes, um, for for obvious reasons. I think it was the optical, is what you warned me about. But
1: anything uh, else? Yeah, the, ignition, the majority of my the motors,
0: Yeah, so the majority, all my other electric, all my six S stuff, I run my FR Sky because I get telemetry off the. You know, I plug in my boards, my little adapters, and I get my telemetry. I have very few jets that are Spectrum because I want to know what my battery is doing. And I don't rock any of the Spectrum smart batteries because I can buy three batteries, you know, three 6S5000s for the price. Now, I'm not saying the technology is bad or what it is, but I'm that price point is hard. It's getting even yeah. harder on my end when I'm yeah. looking at the finances. And actually in Canada, we can't get 6S5000s because they won't ship them in. They're too big to be shipped. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's unfortunate. Someone says, uh, uh, Romulus FPV says, sell your spectrum radio and get a master with a module. Radio I have, master. I have, um, geez, I got them behind me here. I've got an actual spectrum uh, uh, receiver module that I had in my, my uh FR sky, that was given to me at Flight Fest by a good uh, by a good friend. I actually have the orange RX, which worked great for years and still does on yeah. a good number of airplanes. Right? It's it's. There's so many stuff that that you can like. There's just there's endless possibilities. And yes, I would love to upgrade my radio eventually, um, but I'm not going to worry about yeah. that until it breaks. Right? You know. Yeah, and that
1: that that was that's what I was just going to say. We 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 make a radio decision because we know that it's an investment right and and I don't take that that decision very lightly I I spent two years trying to find the right radio before I finally settled on the FR sky ecosystem I bought a Taranis and uh, I bought it because the ergonomics were the best that I could find for me now that being said The ergonomics were not perfect. I made changes to my radio, but I knew that going into it, if I made the changes to that radio, I would not void the warranty. And that was important to me because to me, I feel connected to my models through the radio. Mm. Okay. I, I interact with these things. I am trying, I fly the wing on every single airplane. I'm not trying to blow the prop uh, all over the place. Uh, doesn't mean that I don't um, it just means that the majority of the time I'm trying to fly the wing now that being said I looked at I looked at jr at the time I looked at Futaba i uh-huh. I looked at spectrum and for what I needed because I have really big palms and short stubby fingers and so i need a specific form factor in order to fit that in addition to that i have different tendon things where certain fingers can bend before others and again it's biologics but don't take your radio for granted Mm. now radio master i don't have anything against the radio master i think it's a fine piece of kit at the particular price point i personally have have held the radio master in my hands i don't prefer it i prefer the feel of my horus i love my horus it's going to be one heck of a radio to convince me to move away from my horus uh because it just it fits me ergonomically so well it does everything in a bag of chips uh i 16 channels right out of the gate and i can expand up to 32 if i want and i have an airplane that uses 16 channels nice so you can you can argue one way or it's it's like you know dodge truck ford truck chevy truck they've all got great points they've all got bad points you know the these radios they've all got good points and they've all got bad points that's i think that's the best way to realistically approach it
0: yep I agree. And, uh, yeah, there are options. Uh, there are options too to get into the hobby fast and easy and everything. Um, I don't regret the path I've gone down because it's allowed me, and for the longest time, I was being, you know, told, you know, get a get a spectrum, and and I have a very healthy number of e flight aircraft, so I the spectrum is great because my poor Tyrannus was giving me memory errors because I was overloading it with so many. I remember that. So, so it's 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 kind of nice. I think that's improved with the firmware upgrade and everything. But you know, um, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. It's fun. I mean, and and. I bang for a buck though you can't. I I have to say you can't go wrong with some of the 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 innocent radios or the receivers from uh, from FR Sky. The, those those white eight channel ones are just like I have so many of them. They just do the yeah. job and then, like good reliable yeah. single. I mean I don't remember last time I dropped an airplane because of a because of a single issue. That's just hasn't happened in a long time bob good evening ben Harbour, good evening wow hey look at that it's paying off to do a podcast on a thursday night you know it's kind of fun (laughs) getting a bunch of people on watching actually yeah there's a nice healthy number of people watching i've had to actually mute a few comments so hey cool (laughs) uh yeah, so it, valid points. One of the points there, Chris T. Uh, Chris just mentioned he has a E-Flight Viper from Great Hobbies, and he was able to pick up a Six S Six Thousand from Gen Ace and a 5600 so that's pretty cool on the spectrum I get basic battery telemetry with non smarts and that's yeah I was getting that with my uh, my little a10 on my with my dx9 but every time I throttled up it would go all hissy crazy on me because it was telling me the batteries were dropping and I'm like no it's just full throttle for a couple seconds so I turned it off because I was getting some really stuff and it was aggravating me while I was trying to shoot the video (laughs) so (laughs) yeah Um, this has been awesome in the sense that, you know, we've covered a huge, huge swath of of topics and the technology and everything. Um, Ben just said, uh, refresh my subscriptions and saw that you were live. Super nice. Sorry. I don't follow your, your schedule. No one follows my schedule. Actually, this this show between Joshua and I was, we were like, what time do we do this? Do we go this time, that time? And we're like, oh, let's just do it because this time and I, let's face it, we're both tired. We've worked a full day, and, but this has been going yeah. good. The conversation has been good. And I'm actually, you know, really enjoying the fact that we're we're getting in there, having a good chat about so many aspects of the hobby. Um, I don't think there were many other airplanes in that list, uh, and th- it's going to be interesting next year to see what some of the manufacturers do, uh, as far as responding to uh, the community and the climate and everything. Uh, we've we've seen we've seen a lot of high dollar airplanes. We've seen some good mid range ones. And we're hoping I'm hoping the supply chains can can kind of come back up and 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 be more accessible. Who knows? Twenty uh, two. I. 22... I, 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 I... I, I, I agree with you, but
1: I I am a little cautious about, uh, and, I, and I know that uh, Josh Bixler has touched on this in past couple of podcasts with the, uh, the flight test podcast. It, the FAA historically releases some crazy idea that they're going to throw against the wall to stick, uh, usually between Christmas and New Year's. I think that Perhaps next week might be one of those defining moments where we sort of get a little peek under the covers of what may be coming in the industry. Uh, perhaps not. I could be wrong. I like to hope that I'm wrong, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I just I, I want to see some really fantastic stuff coming. But I think you're right that the supply chain issues are one mm-hmm. thing. Um, I I personally know working with some some other people in the industry, like I've been, I've been waiting on something to review for a while, <laughs> a while. <laughs> and they're like, well, it's just not here yet. I don't like that. Yeah. It really stinks for you because <laughs> it's Christmas and you could have made a whole lot of money. And they're like, yeah, tell me about it. Um, but, you know, with, with new, with new regulations and rules and things. And,
0: and yeah. And uh, pa- what did pathways? I see my, in the, my email chain the other week was basically the the international agreement between MAC the the key, and the FAA not the FA um your uh, AMA um, AMA it's yeah. gone right so yeah. i i used to be able to fly in the US and be covered under my MAC so now i'm going to have to get a temporary AMA when i go down to the US next year um which is no big deal i can afford it but you know, it adds an extra cost to the trip. Well, I think
1: it depends on where you fly, right? Because that's that's the other thing that's sort of up in the air is that the FAA is way behind in terms of defining some of these things that they set out years ago. Like, what is a community-based organization? They haven't defined it yet and so if you don't define it how do you establish it well where do the rules first out they haven't given us anything for that so in terms of okay so you come to the states do you need an ama membership not necessarily because Mm. the way that flight fest works for example is not based off of ama membership yeah so, the flight yep. fest that we just had in 2021, you did not have to have AMA membership to fly there.
0: And, or, so, well, or, we'll or, far, or, fly something that's under 250 grams. Hmm. Right? Or that. Yeah. Or that. That's easy <laughs> these days. That's... It's a lot harder to build something under 250 well, grams. So let me tell for you. you, I've thought but about like, it. I, you know, it, it's <laughs> of all the things that have changed in the last two years. I am gobsmacked at the fact that this, that part of the, it's almost like that part of the industry is doing really well. Uh, a buddy of mine here yeah. in, in uh, Captain Drone uh, flipped me a photo of the little um, FMS. It's uh, so, you know, they, they they took one of their larger ones and well, restyled it as a small little one, but I'm like, oh, that's cute. Right. And he's stepping into learning the, how to fly airplanes. I'm like, don't give that one up. He says, oh, it doesn't fly really well in the wind. I'm like, Perfect. You know, learn how to bring the thing back to you, fly back to you with that little thing. Because if yeah. it bounces off the ground, who cares? Yeah, yeah. So bigger flies uh,
1: better. I've always, I've oh, always thought these dude. tiny airplanes are great, but like <sighs> the, the tiny ones are
0: hard. They're hard to fly. <laughs> when when my dad was having a lot of issues, I threw that uh, that little was it uh i don't remember the name of the the manufacturer anymore but the little tiger moth I'm like here fly this thing yeah. into the ground right so um, yeah. and that was great and then i got it back from recently and um, the poor little thing looks so <laughs> so beat up uh and and and, but it's i can only imagine oh it's it looks so terrible there's more hot glue on this poor little tiger moth than anything else (laughs) but you know what i took it out threw a 1s pack into it and i flew and like when i was first learning to fly i get in the wind and then come down really low and you're in the chop and everything and you're just having a goofy old time so see it's it's a flying bumper sticker (laughs) oh yeah oh dude Oh, my God, the poor little airplane. <laughs> but even, like, you know, uh, some light. But but on the bigger, it has become a legitimate problem in that the majority of my planes, and particularly the jets, there's no floor space in this basement. And I so, like, you know, like, I have I have all the this, this stack of, hub, you know, these things sitting in a corner over there, and then the big, giant carbon cub, and you're like, oh, my goodness, there's no parking space. So... Yeah. (laughs) Bigger flies better. I look forward to testing that theory. Yeah, come on, Ben. You you mister Mr Big Foam board yourself. Any day now, right, Ben? Any Any day day. now. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta get back into the flight test our little chat group too. I I kind of pulled away just for my own sanity for a little while and everything, and I'll have to get back in there for the holidays, and so we can banter and catch up. And I really, really, <laughs> really do hope that twenty twenty two lets me get into the U S. and come and see my friends because there are you know there are many good reasons to get down there and do some flying and everything because it's been ages, ages, and it's yeah been an.
1: Well we should, we sure missed you at Flight Fest, Andre. It was not the same without
0: you. Ah, uh, yeah. It's uh it's unfortunate how it all goes, but uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll be on to our we'll all get our booster shots and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> Got mine yesterday. I'm good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm next week after after New Year's. I get mine, so woo. That'll be a doozy. Nice. That'll be fun. Nice. Uh, yeah. I'll uh I'll be uh drinking up a lot of insulin or whatever just so I can get through that so okay (laughs) we've covered planes we've covered balsa we've covered foam we've covered minor building ideas we've talked about skis we've talked about radios uh and we've talked about things that are sub 250 this has been a really fun podcast so far and actually uh Romulus FPV Sorry. says, Nano Goblin is a great plane. Yes, and the Zod Dart uh, 250 is also uh, with a little motor swap. Ooh, fascinating. I haven't even flown that one yet, and I'm going to. It's on my bench. I was 3D printing parts for it. And it's going to have a uh, DGI Caddis uh, FPV system. I was going to try and use my DGI remote, and I learned that you can't. So i got to go and I'm going to put in my um, uh, Team Black Sheep Nano. So I'll have that in there a little two point the the little two is that the two point four no well anyhow yeah it's two point four but it's it's not their uh, it's not don't the don't ask me the you're asking the
1: wrong guy if you're asking oh yeah
0: me. <laughs> well you're gonna laugh you're gonna laugh but last year when I was flying my um uh my my Renegade uh from Defiant I was running into an issue where my Tyrannus would shut down and I'm not the only one oh, who reported no. this. When the module is cold, when that when that external module for the uh, the team Black Sheep is cold, it draws too much voltage or amperage from the radio, and the radio goes into default, shuts itself down. And so I'm gonna. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who's experienced this. So it's just the you know too cold uh, and. It would work for the first flight when the radio came out of the car. But then on the second flight, after I've turned the radio off, changed the battery and all this, right? It wouldn't boot back up. And I'm like, cool. They Uh, need more Canadian
1: beta testers.
0: (laughs) I tell you, I I tell this to a lot of manufacturers. If you need snow shots of your planes, I know a guy, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, this year... I uh, for those who don't know, don't follow me on social media. Every year, my son and I do a uh, a toonie, which is a two dollar Canadian coin, and I won two years in a row for the green Christmas. I'm sorry, I'm a green Christmas guy. I mean, I like <laughs> the warmth. Okay james is winning hands down this year it's it's obscene not only did we get a good blanket of snow last weekend but like this today it was minus 17 um hold on i'll get i'll get you your Fahrenheit just for your you know for your people who are curious uh and it's got to be like i don't know single digits yeah feels like 5 degrees fahrenheit. So, that's what it is right now. It's cold. Like I, I grabbed the door handle this morning and I was like, "Whoa," you know, cuz it was it the cold just kind of transfers in. Uh, Ramos is giving me some information on the motor. I'm going to keep that in my paw in my my hand so I know and make that little uh dirt a little hotter. Um, but jeez. Uh, it's like I said, we, we can go back and forth on the different flying strategies. I, I, that's why I kind of enjoy about this hobby a lot lately too, is I don't have to focus on one strategy. I do like my big airplanes and you know, that big, that big giant tiger moth, not tiger moth, uh, wacko will be amazing. And then the other end of it, you get this little darling, right? The, the, Little the little, little fucker Uh and, and just that's sub two fifty and fun and small and you know. Yeah. They're delicate. Not so anything. <laughs> <laughs> it feels really delicate. I don't know. I haven't flown it yet.
1: Well it's it's funny, right? These uh I I really missed the World War One stuff uh yes! at all the events. Uh, that I went to last year, there was one event that I went to. It was a local one just north of me in Gettysburg. And there were a few World War One planes there. And it was like, oh, it warms my soul. But it <laughs> was just, it was really nice to, like, interact with those guys and how they're just like, yeah, it's another airplane. And they're really not something that are unapproachable. It's just a lot of people don't know how to fly them. Yeah. because they do fly fly differently yeah. uh so again like anything else it's it's just practice and and that's that's why i built my foker um i i i just i needed another world war one bird in my life and i needed a big one <laughs> and it was and, literally and, and... the easiest place i could find <laughs>
0: but 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 and and that's the thing though like uh if you want, if that's if, if World War One stuff is your jam, you're automatically either building okay. from scratch or an RF or something like that because, well, I mean, I guess like Balsa USA, you can get kits and everything, but you have to want to do that. So if, if, if you don't yeah. have a skill set, you're not getting a World War One plane because no one makes them right now. Which is yeah. really crazy. Yeah, they're, I guess they're just—they're not it, hot in the market, from what I'm told. But it's, I'm like, its like
1: you said, it comes and goes in waves. Like we just had a huge jet wave. We had so yeah. many jets. We had jets coming out of our noses, and we're still getting them, right? Yeah. And with and, reverse. And I think we just go through these industry cycles where, you know, we 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 want what we want, and when we don't have it, that's what we want, and, and that's good. <laughs> That's good because we've got manufacturers staying on their toes, uh, uh, guessing what we
0: want. Well, we definitely do want more World War One. Like I flew, how I put the video out. I flew that that uh, the sc five EA, and that thing was mm-hmm. so tail heavy. Oh my goodness! But you know, I, I, I it flew, <laughs> but boy, it was yeah. dragging. And I'm like, okay, one flight. We'll do a loop, go around, park it, land, done, done. Let's put you back <laughs> on the wall. Cause See, if like, that
1: were me, I'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna land this right now, and then I'm gonna put a second battery in it, and then everything'll be fine."
0: Oh yeah, I totally, <laughs> totally. It was it was too windy to be flying the aircraft to begin with, and you know, I I had other objectives oh, okay. that day, but I flew it and it was like, check. But it it, I swear to gosh, I have like, one of the guys at the club uh, at the field. Every time he sees me, he says, "Hey, Andre, you gonna sell the fi- the SC five A and the Albatross to me?" And I'm like. <laughs> No, no. They are beautiful rare planes. I have spare parts. No. So I already know just from from looking at it, I just need to adjust the CG, run it on a slightly bigger battery, and it'll be mint. And I'll fly it because I really do like them. Um, The 5A flies better than the Albatross. I'll give you that. I will give you that in a heartbeat because the Albatross... You need to fly that Albatross fast because that elevator is so, well, it's, can you call it an elevator? <laughs> There's such little surface there. So it's like, mm. without any speed, you're not doing any kind of impact on your lift or, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But, uh, well, I, I like what the, size?
1: What size prop is on that plane? Do you know? Off top 10, of your
0: head? 10 or 11 inch. And they're both the same prop. Well, what's, what's the pitch? What's oh gosh thing? I don't know man <laughs> I'd have to go look at a box and I can't get to it because it's okay. like there's too many airplanes in the way
1: <laughs> so so a, a fun a fun quick tip is you for World War one planes it's all about thrust you don't really want to want to try to define yourself with speed okay so no don't go any more than uh, uh, one to two and what I mean by one to two is so like, if your prop is a 10 inch prop don't go over 10.5. okay if you go to 10 6 you went too far uh uh 12 6 is okay but don't go to 12 7 or 12 8. so for example my my foker it spins a 22 by 8 prop um i've got another airplane that spins uh, a 14.6. Uh, Another one that is uh, a thirteen-five. So what what you get is you get a lot of thrust to overcome all the drag from yes. these airplanes because yeah. there's a lot of surface area right so world war one airplanes the game is always about thrust so if you get more air moving like volume of air not necessarily air speed moving over that tail you might find that you have a little bit more authority on that tail and it might be a little more enjoyable for you to fly Yeah. so something for you to consider moving forward with the albatross
0: oh yeah and and they gotta fly and then like the uh uh the P T seventeen, another beautiful E flight airplane yeah. that you can't get. And, beautiful and, plane. Oh, it flies so well, it's so relaxing, and it does everything yeah. right, you know. And after you after I put a ton of nose weight into it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, yeah, short nose coupled airplanes. Oh, it's just <laughs> Like and I knew right away, but it's funny because I've had other people fly it. And they're like, it flies fine the way it is. So I'm like, oh, maybe mine's just different. But it needed the nose weight. So I don't know. We all well, fly. The,
1: lots of people said that about the DuraFly Buffalo too. Mm. Like they just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a garbage airplane. Garbage airplane. Well, you know, it, it was. It, it needed some nose weight. Yeah. Once I put a spinner on it and uh, what is it a uh, an ounce and a half of lead. In the front of it, and then take my twenty-two hundred pack and shove it all the way forward. Yeah, flies on rails. Yeah, it's so. And I
0: remember, and I remember Steve when he was on talking about it. Initially, the airplane was spec'd to have a metal spinner on it, and I'm willing. And so when it was released, and he saw it without, he's like, "I'm willing to bet this is what's going to happen with this airplane." So, yep, yep, it's a you know, and and they all they all like you said, no matter what the manufacturer says, check it out. You know, and, and I've had yeah. airplanes where they balanced on CG and, you know, yeah, this is great. And then in flight, I'm like, it's just not where I want it to be, where I'm comfortable and yep. do a little tweak, a little change and boom, you know, and the airplane is beautiful. It's, um, it's always fun when you pick up an airplane after you haven't touched in a long time and you're like, please, please tell me I put CG marks on the wing. You know, I appreciate manufacturers that build that stuff into now because it's like, yeah, I've don't remember what it was last time when I flew. Right. So now I, yeah. if it's not there, yeah. I mark it because man, like you said, you know, you go fly an airplane two years later, I'm like, I don't remember where it was.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I've, I've got a, a Balsa GBZ over here that it requires to f- me to only fly it on a paved runway. It's so lightweight. It's so yeah. small that I can't fly it at my field or anything that that has grass. So I, I went in and I specifically marked on the battery tray. This is where you position this size battery. This is where you position this size battery. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have to, right? Cause I, yeah. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to fly it as often as I needed to remember that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's still here. It still flies. great. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think I, I, think I I've, I've had, had one, one of my buddies,
0: 14, 13,
1: yeah, yeah. Go ahead. That's it.
0: No, no, no. It's was just saying. Like, one of my buddies, when I bought one of my used planes from him, that's exactly what he had done. And I started doing that. I had one friend who was always putting, you know, the number of flights on the inside under the cowl. Yeah. You know, under yeah. the battery tray. I I'm used like, to do that's, that. That's kind of cool. But I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to know how little I've flown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I did that with my Goldberg Eagle two. And I think I stopped at 200. Wow. So I had I, I had modified it to be electric, obviously. And I had the battery hatch. And under the battery hatch, I was doing, you know, the, the hash marks, one, two, three, four, cross for five. And I, I had gotten up to 200, and I was like, okay, I give up. I'm just – I'm clearly flying this airplane a lot. Yep. But – uh I I I must have had at least 4 or 500 flights on that airplane before the plane was eaten by that tree. <laughs> it's a horrible well, day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you bring up something I want to touch base on too. I look at my um I look at my early years when I was getting into the hobby uh and really getting serious into flying the hobby. And I was just like, "Wow, I was flying a lot more than than I used to." And I, that's I like, is there something different for me or is it just timing and everything? And I'm like, well, I'm busier, I think, now. I think I'm a lot more busy than I was a few years ago. But at the same time, I'm like, darn it, I need to, need to force myself and get out. And I did that on Sunday. Um, there have been, yeah. and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, I legitimately had one weekend, I, I had my, uh, everything in the car, the batteries charged, ready to go and everything. And yeah i woke up in the morning i said no it's not gonna happen actually it's to the point now that i bought one of those um uh actually bought a discharge unit there um forget the manufacturer oh yeah yeah i'll let you know how it goes i'll let you know how it goes everything all the guys i've talked to about it say it sounds like an edf going off in your thing in your basement (laughs) and i'm like great but i'm like it can't be any worse than running down a pack like it's one thing to do a discharge a little discharge cycle on your on your chargers but like the drain yeah. a whole thing and i felt like a goon because i was like i have three or four five six planes in the car and it's freezing cold and i'm not in the mood so now like when i winter fly two two planes maybe two batteries a piece if i get four flights on a cold winter day aces so yeah, I don't. Uh, well, that's the
1: other incentive to to go with something that has telemetry because it can tell you your battery's empty. You should land.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in the the winter flying videos, I was just like, yeah, I. I one minute. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I've been freezing for like the last four <laughs> yeah, minutes. Right. Let's land this thing. And, and I mucked up the gear. I did a little bit of damage to the gear on the, uh, on the bush meal because my hands were cold and I dumped the plane. It was like, Oh, I, yeah. the wind caught it and my fingers couldn't move fast enough the counter and I'm like down it went. Right. So it's like, okay. Yeah. 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 And, um,
1: yeah, I definitely oh. know that feeling
0: yeah and i was like i said i was gun ho to throw some skis on the big carbon z cub one and go out to the big flying club and i went i don't want to build this plane so i'm gonna take you know i'm gonna put a skis onto as many of my airplanes all my high wings they're all gonna be ready to go and i can go eenie, eenie, manie, mo, charge the batteries the morning of and go out there is no like take it down a notch kind of scenario right and just go and fly and just have a good time of it yeah and if i capture content excellent if i don't i've gone flying which is probably good for the whole universe because i come back a much more pleasant person apparently (laughs) well well, and
1: i i gotta say i got my first pair of dubro skis recently for the challenger like i said earlier and man the skis that i used in the past were 3d printed these dubro skis are not messing around
0: No, they are
1: high quality pieces of plastic man like they do not feel like they would no. get brittle in the cold.
0: The, just, um, I
1: was really, I, I I felt like you definitely get what you pay for when you go
0: buy those skis. And and what I appreciate it's the, um, from experience, it's not the skis that'll get damaged, man. It is the um, it's the mount, it's the mount where it attaches to the ski and then your your you know your airplane oh. um, that. If, if I've ever shattered anything in my experiences with, with uh, other manufactured skis, that's where it's gone. To the point where... Um, let's see if I can get this closer to the camera. Whoa. That part right <laughs> there. Luck. Yeah, I know. I don't want to get closer. You have got yeah. wings and microphones and everything. But uh, to the point that I'm actually... Um, my buddy Jeremy, uh, 3D printed... Not 3D printed. He, he CNC'd some parts for a couple of my airplanes out of metal. And those are good, but obviously you're spreading the load up to somewhere else if something bad happens, right? So, but no, I agree. Yeah. Those dubro ski, uh, snowbird skis are amazing. Um, I've got, yeah, uh, yeah uh, both of them are on the OMP planes, but I basically have been throwing skis onto everything that I can get my hands on. If it, if, you know, even my, uh, my e-flight, uh, Pawnee, I'll throw skis onto that. All my high wings, skis, right. skis, skis, you know, and I... You know, yeah, they all sort of fly the same in the end. But if I can put two airplanes into the car, have the batteries going, um, you know, the world's good. So and mm. I'd like to um, – go ahead.
1: It's interesting that you made mention about that mount. So I'm looking at it here on the Duvro website. And the, while they offer the, the ski kit, they do not offer just the mount. Mm. I'll have to reach out to them, see if that's a possibility of something they could offer, if that's something that is – more likely to break more often um, because that that'd be a crying shame if like you had to buy a whole new ski set every single time that broke interesting
0: okay moving on <laughs> no way it's it's relevant I a good number of our podcast listeners are going cold weather skis what are these guys talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man, I am a sucker for snow. I love snow so, so, so much. And I'm in I'm in Maryland, so you know, we usually don't get snow until at least January. If we have a white Christmas, man, you'd win that toonie every year.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> uh, well, it's thre- usually green here and it is. But I three D you know, printed
0: a little stand. stand. This year. So, this coin, I polished the coin. I had a really gritty coin. So, I took out some of my metal polish from the GT6 and I, yeah. 3D little 3D stand. It was so tiny, the printer was actually having issues. So, I had to actually go back and realign the printer after because it had been such a long time. Um, <laughs> but oh, Ben Herber, I we had frost on the grass this morning. Oh, darn. Oh, Ben, Ben, that, that comes back to bite you, man. <laughs> that, that's just, you don't make fun of the poor, you know, Northwestern or Eastern type people because, you know, we're cold hearted. Oh. <laughs> I'm on fire tonight. This is good, man. This is good. Not
1: bad. Good hey, betting. man. It's, I, it's the... I'll tell you, it's... If, if you've ever gone camping in the cold, that's one thing. But if you've ever gone to a flying event in the cold, that's something else entirely. Like, we go to these summer events, and that's fine. But I'll tell you, not this past Neat Fair. I went to the 2020 Neat Fair, and boy, one night, it got down to 30 degrees. Yeah. I was forever Freezing, and yeah. you know, I'm I'm there with a friend, and he's got this solar charging rig, and I'm just like, "I, uh, you, you've got frost on your on your solar panels. We can't charge anything yet." He's like, "Oh yeah, oh
0: yeah, <laughs> and it'll heat up." And like, God, it's freezing. <laughs> no, I know. I am. Um, I, I mentioned. I I talked through it in in the last in the video, the flying video. and this, like, there's there's one on my YouTube channel, when I put in the EFX racer. And cold, it, like frostbite, is serious. And I hurt. I mean, I and I said, I said in one of the podcasts before, I I was a professional camera guy for E! News, outside in our weather and storms and everything, with your hand up in the air. I was young. I was in the army. They completely ruined winter camping for me. Completely ruined it. Uh, you know, they take the imagine. joy out of camping, right? And, and yeah, and. <laughs> And that, that incident where I flew that plane and afterwards I was like, I will never fly a plane without landing gear. So a hand toss Billy Lander because I can't get my fingers into the transmitter <laughs> mitt and put my glove. And even on this flight in the weekend, I flew uh, without gloves inside my transmitter mitt. And that's why the, the, that's why it was a little goofy on that one flight. After that, I left my gloves on and mm, i'm old <laughs> i said it in the video i'm getting older and it's starting to affect me more so it's like yeah layers and everything but yeah flying in a winter event so the guys who do the um is it neat for, um, they do the fpv thing up in you know northern ontario kind of thing or northern new york state in september and i'm like yeah the nights are quite getting cold so it's like you can do it yeah but you're bringing a whole bunch of clothing and night camping and, you know, and even in Ohio, there were a couple of nights I remember, well, we'd have a couple of scorched nights where you're like, yeah. it never, the temperature never drops. And then there are nights when it's like, I don't have enough blanket 50 degrees. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, you wake <laughs> up and you're like, your body is just, you're exhausted. Your body is exhausted from being cold all night. Andy Chase says, yep. my airplane defrosted the uh, uh, got defrosted this morning yeah are you guys doing anti icing already man <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah but um oh, t- now I, I tell you um there i guess it, it it's it's interesting looking at you know all the various scenarios and and then i see photos of people still flying out some really good locations definitely more western now and it's just like oh there's not a hint yeah. of snow, and I remember um, years ago we would get into like March, April, and you're just you're tired of the winter flying and everything, and then we would go winter and then we'd go mud. I don't know if you get that, Joshua. Like there are there are points where I can't fly anything, like it's got to be big wheels. It's got to be tundra style airplanes because the track is so it's just mush. And the grass yeah. is soaked, it's we, just mud and gunk, right we
1: We don't have mud, we have winter wind, yeah, it goes from winter to wind, <laughs> so okay. it's like well, we can freeze or we can see Boy. how the slope soar without going anywhere
0: yeah uh, <laughs> has it been has it been more winter winter has it been more windy for you this year?
1: Uh, it has, it has okay. actually. Um, yeah, and yeah, I was just gonna say it's it's been weird. So, like uh, in years past, normally we have wind that will come down the runway one way or the other, and this whole year it's been like dead crosswind one way or the other. It'll be at your face or coming from my tail, and it's yeah. like. Well, I guess I'm a crosswind capable pilot now because like, you can either not fly or learn how to fly.
0: You're in, in there a with the rudder. A lot of rudder.
1: <laughs> yeah. You learn how to fly the rudder. Let me tell you. you Figure that yeah. out real quick. Uh, especially yeah. on tail trackers taking off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's been our situation. It's just so much wind. So much wind. Um and and thankfully we have a weather station in our field, so you know just hop on our club website and you can see what the wind is doing. Thankfully, before you head out there, because my club my club field is like 15 minutes away, and because of the mountain range that's literally running the length of the whole city, I I can get out to the flying field and it'll be completely different weather conditions than at my house. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that it's it's nice if you guys. If you guys need that at your club field, it's worth the investment. Trust me. It's absolutely worth it. Somebody get their ham license, get yourself a weather station. It's worth it.
0: <laughs> Best advice I can get. Ben, ben Harbor says you guys need to build a carrier cat launch system uh, uh, and uh, from a trailer ramp. That would be a hilarious. Well, I think you'd see a lot of airplanes just, like, snap in half on launch. But
1: whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Bah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ben, yeah. I believe that's called a bungee.
0: Yes, a window. high star bungee cord. Yeah, I guess that's the way to do it, right? But yeah, you. Yeah. You give I mean, it I altitude. could.
1: I could see you know putting getting a, a piece of metal conduit, right, and then it'll, like have it telescope out after you like lift the ramp a little bit. I mean, that could work, right? <laughs> and then you
0: just have a bungee release.
1: Option ben, you and I
0: should talk. Yeah. That... <laughs> That would be interesting. That would be fun. It's scary. But yeah, um this year I've definitely noticed that the wind the wind conditions have been up and like my app I check my app and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you got the thresholds in the UAV pilot and you start bumping them. Okay, let's let's just change the temperature. So I yeah, okay, fine. I can live with minus twenty five. But the winds are a little I mean but I know i I flew in like you know thirty five kilometer an hour gust winds and everything. and once you get off the ground, you're fine. it's the takeoff and landing which are a little hairy, but like you said, rudder and go.
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure I, it's sometimes you just have to force yourself to be a pilot, and then once you remember how to be a pilot, you're fine. <laughs> I know. I know. And, there's. And I know. Have there's those, days for me.
0: Have those. Well, okay. And then, so you mentioned, you know, the collection of aircraft in your fleet. Do you have? Yeah. ooh marginal. Those conditions are a little. Uh, do you have those airplanes that you can go to and say, "Yep, yep, yep, yep"? Or is that your Challenger?
1: Uh, for, well, currently it's the Challenger, but also the uh, the the DuraFly Buffalo.
0: Cool little, I, little I hand toss, 3S-1300, go, 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 go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, or 2200. Uh, but, I mean, the Challenger's cool because, like, you can do a 1300 and make it super, super light. Or if you want to, like, be the endurance man, I have stuffed a 3S-6000 in the front of that airplane. It's a really tight fit, but it's a fun challenge. <laughs>
0: interesting Um, interesting yeah
1: yeah and and let me tell you flying that airplane for more than 20 minutes it's interesting yeah it's interesting
0: (laughs) you get a little punchy right
1: (laughs) but uh yeah but i mean you have to fly it faster obviously just because you've got so much more weight um but you you end up learning how to it's a different type of flying because you're trying to carry momentum. Mm. You're not necessarily trying to bang the sticks around or do anything silly. It's it's purely how can I make this a most efficient flight and try to fly as long as possible. So you you end up being a little more smooth on your your directional changes or your yeah. um, your your wind correction. Uh, It's, it's uh, again, I love that plane because there's so many different ways to fly it. And that's one of them that I've, that I've tried. Um, But, you know, I've, I've also got days where, you know, there will be warm days in the winter, and I've got the Radiant that I can take out and fly. Yes. I've yep. got my micro bird of time from J&H Aerospace, which is a phenomenal airplane. Really quick, easy, uh, uh, balsa build. Doesn't even require plans. It all keys together. It's a beautiful plane to fly. Um, I've, I've got, I've got airplanes that, you know, you can, you find a nice calm day. I can, I can take the, um, Oh goodness! Oh, what's it called? Oh, it's terrible. It's my only Balsa USA airplane. Anyway, I put my contra motor on it, and it's like yes. full full-blown speed demon. Um, so I get my speed freaks out of that. I've got my uh, E-Flight Rare Bear, another speed demon. Yep. The Rare Bear just don't care. You can throw that in the wind, and it'll fly all day long. It's a beautiful flying airplane. Um, and then. You know, bigger does fly better. So, you know, I've got my scale birds, my Curtis, yeah. my giant scale Curtis Hawk uh, mm-hmm. flies like a trainer. I can knife edge it all day long. And, you know, it, it it's a little more work because I got to set it up a, a biplane at the field, but it only takes like five, ten minutes. But it, it really like having my collection is nice because I can pick an airplane based on the weather. Yes. I'm not necessarily yes. pigeonholed into like particular airplanes.
0: Yeah. And and as I progress through this hobby, that's that's been one of the things and, and that was something that that the benefit of the um, um the benefit of the podcast is people making those suggestions, you should try this, you should try this, and then you know, you go down the rabbit hole of, Oh, I like jets, oh dear, right? And then I'm right. going into the bigger ones and you can never go wrong yeah. with a high wing, right? There's just something special about them right. and you bang around. But so that's been interesting very interesting yeah oh man this has smoothie. been a really good that's I've... the name of the place yes the, yeah, the i smoothie. saw that pop up i was waiting for him to tell me to tell you that um because i couldn't think of it yes. either <laughs> um dude this has been awesome it's been really nice to touch base with it w- with you and, and just we banged off so many things far more than i thought we were gonna do in the time frame that we had set up so uh, a few couple quick things i want to mention i'm going to bring up the uh Website for the Hangar RC and Sam flipped me a note. And I'm just going to find the documents because I want to read through this. Hangar RC is doing a RC build off, uh, community build off. Uh, they, they haven't titled it, uh, but we've got the Hangar RC is sponsoring it, the Aviation uh, No uh, podcast, and the RC After Hours podcast. Thank you for asking me, Sam. And they're going to be doing a bunch of different things into 2022. So keep a uh, uh keep a touch um keep an eye on the hangar rc website details will be coming through i don't want to go through it too much right now but they've got to have a couple different uh categories are foam board airplanes and i think it's going to be a really good idea um we did a little bit of a build off of last year when the, when the uh when we first got uh, hit with the pandemic and that was with um with our good friends uh, uh Sean from uh defiant wings there you go i'm running out of steamer i think um and that was a lot of fun so stay tuned for this i'll throw in some details into the podcast description i'm just reading off the spec sheet it's really simple uh they're going off uh, build resources or like a 1400 kv nine gr- motor nine gram servos control horns and stuff like this so um they're they're really looking for people to design some neat fun aircraft and and you know it's it's kind of cool that they're getting in there. Uh you'll have 6 weeks to build it and all this stuff. So January 1st they'll be accepting submissions, so you got to act soon. January 14th is the deadline, March 1st uh for the online judging by peers and they'll go from there. It is oh found the URL. It is the hangar rc that's hangar with an a r rc.com/ Build off i don't think he's got got it over here, oh, he does look at that i'm paying attention, boom, so there are all the details <laughs> uh I'll put this all into the uh the podcast description and everything, but uh so there are all the details there so again um we'll, and we'll get uh we'll get Sam on the podcast um, into January to talk about this, I guess because that would be fun so woo. I have done a copious amount of talking along with you, uh, Joshua, which has been amazing. This podcast, I'm looking at the time. Wow, we're probably into the 90-minute. We haven't done a really long 90-minute podcast in a while, so this should be a treat for all those listening. I hope uh, everything has turned out really well from a technical aspect and everything, because we got the nice microphone. We've got... Mr. Orchard is sitting behind me on the big screen, so we're having some fun for the YouTube community, and hopefully the audio turned out really well. Um, Today's, uh, what, December 23rd, so I'm going to get this podcast out tomorrow at this point in the evening. Uh, So you guys have something to listen to over the holidays. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and so on and so forth. And then before the New Year's or just after the new years we'll pop in and we'll uh we'll do a review show and uh see if i can pull in some special guests as well i know that um um, the guys from horizon want to come on tj wants to come on and uh and talk and talk about his new role because he's doing their social media so that's been pretty cool to, to watch his progression through his career and everything so we'll get those guys on we'll have a little bit of fun and i don't know who i'm gonna pull in for the uh year-end show i've got a couple people who've messaged me we might get a special guest or two some good old friends from the podcast and everything so woo uh it, it has been absolutely fantastic josh well thank you so much um thank you for making the time to come on to the show well, thank you Well, it's it's just been nice to talk to, uh, to good friends and everything and just banter away. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm thoroughly impressed in what we managed to cover in this very, very, um, in depth, um, conversation. It is bench flying at its best as far as I'm concerned, which I think has been the mantra of the podcast in the last couple of months, uh, just really coming back to focusing on talking to the community. Um, I will be blunt. There were points where I was like reading some of the comments coming from different places going, "Yeah, maybe it's time." And then someone spiked up and mentioned that there are very few independent podcasts left and I was like, "Okay, game on. Let's go." And it's been just been really nice to actually have a guest to banter off so I don't have to do it myself. There have been a few comments in the in the poll saying I should really find a co-host. I don't know if it would work because we uh we we don't get the uh the the interesting little nuances and everything of, of just a one-on-one chat conversation which i think really does make the podcast fun uh i do uh i do miss having a co-host to kind of bounce some of the extra work off but uh you know i'll figure it all out so i also know i probably owe a ton of people stickers i'm gonna sit down over the holidays and i'll go through that thing and then john uh who was on the chat earlier. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, mail out some stickers in the new year and eventually, I'm ashamed to say it, I don't even have any of the new ones because we have such a stock of the old logo still, which is still a pretty cool logo but eventually the new logo will have to be produced onto stickers so we can punch them out but maybe I'll try and uh, um Maybe I'll just try and, uh, you know, have those ready for, uh, you know, Ohio 2022. So, and we'll see. Uh, as soon as I can get into the land of the South without needing all the tests, and as soon as it's safe, into the spring maybe, um, I'm going to try and get myself out to Illinois because I really do want my Hangar 9 cup because that, that'll that be a special thing. Uh, just getting time to, uh, to write... Uh, I like it so far. Keep what, keep what you're doing. Thank you, Ben. Um, yep, we're going to keep trying. There's no reason for this podcast not to be, uh, keep punching along. Uh, everybody, uh, <laughs> John says he can ship all the stickers out. Yes, thank you, John. I haven't talked to you about that one recently, but uh, it's, that's, that's on me for not play, keeping up with the database, but we'll fix that over the holidays. All right. I'm done talking. That's been awesome. Joshua. Thank you very much for coming on to the show. It has been an absolute pleasure. pleasure to talk to you. Uh, everybody, as I said, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you on the next episode. I'm Andre, your podcast host. This is episode 93 of the RC After Hours podcast. I'm going to start pushing a bunch of buttons and get things set up, and we'll roll out of this show. Everybody have a fantastic evening. Thank you very much.